It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am David Harrison, Washington football team writer for SI.com's foundation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Metter show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. You can also find them and this show on the Odyssey app. We thank you, of course, for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms, and we are on Twitter at WrestleMania621, at DHarrison82, and at Locked WFT Pod. One way we are free and available on all platforms is thanks to friends like ours over at McDonald's. This episode of the Locked On Washington football team is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you again for making the Locked On Watch Football Team podcast your first listen every day. Today, we're going to talk about some headlines. We're going to talk about some news, and we're going to make predictions about this weekend's Week 7 matchup for your Washington football team heading up against the Green Bay Packers. Chris, uh, first things first, we've got some administrative news. Uh, of course, th- that's always kind of the topic of this team is it's never just on the field. It's kind of a holistic view of a franchise, one of the few in the NFL that can say that these days. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of uh, this news, but we were just um, just before we started recording here, David, on Thursday evening uh, for our walk on off episode of the week. We were uh, given this information that According to CBS uh, News and CBS Sports, a guy named Cody Benjamin, he was the first to report it, uh, a uh, source telling him that the U.S. House of Representatives Oversight Committee is now looking into the NFL's John Gruden, an email scandal, which, of course, centers around the Washington football team, uh, the committee issuing, uh, and again, this is the House of Representatives Oversight Committee, the committee issuing a letter to Roger Goodell on Thursday requesting information on the Washington football team investigation. Now, we don't have all the details as we talk here, but I will tell you this. I I spoke to somebody who knows one of the chief members of the oversight committee, and, uh, and, 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 and they told me that, it like, one guy you don't want to mess with is that guy. You know, so I don't know where this is going to go from here. I don't know how big this is, but, David – I would suggest this, you know, a lot of times things don't get done because they're not forced to get done. But I know you're not a big baseball guy, but I I am. And I remember the steroid scandal and I remember the Baseball Players Association and the owners and Bud Selig not really doing much about it until they were called out, scalded and embarrassed on Capitol Hill. Um, McGuire, Sammy Sosa, uh, Rafael Palmero, uh, guys like that. They got nothing done. They didn't fix a damn thing until the government got involved, until Congress got involved. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but maybe for those Washington football fans that are very much hoping, and I wouldn't even say it secretly, very much hoping that this 
somehow leads to the ouster of Dan Snyder, maybe this is the beginning of something here. I don't know if it is, but maybe it's the beginning of something important. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it's a shame that government offices and government officials could possibly feel the need to get involved in something like this. But unfortunately, that's just that's just kind of the way that it goes sometimes. And, you know, there, there's bound to be people out there kind of asking themselves, like, doesn't the U.S. House of Representatives have more on their plate, more important things, uh, bigger fish to fry than what is going on in the National Football League? And the answer to that would be yes and no. And yes, obviously, there are bigger things, bigger concerns from a country standpoint and, and all that stuff that you would want the government working on. But also at the same time, it's the answer is no because of how influential and how big the National Football League really is. I mean, there, there are there are children every single day in their backyard, in the streets, parks, playing mad, and whatever they're doing, and whatever role they're doing it in, pretending or ID or you know or idolizing these guys and this league, wanting to be a part of it someday. You know, you hear you know people talk all the time. I mean, this weekend alone, uh, Justin Fields was barely one years old when Tom Brady was drafted into the NFL. And now all these years later, they're about to play on the same field for the first time as, as pro football players together. I mean, this is something that spans generations. Like you look at a guy like Tom Brady, that's two decades of people of, of sports fans and football fans that are being influenced here. So when you talk about kind of the fabric of your country, if your idols are dirty and, and, you know, and they're never going to unearth all the sludge, you know, that just as well as I do, Chris, and honestly, to a certain extent, they're not going to want to unearth all the sludge. But sometimes these leagues, they go a certain direction and the government's like, no, 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 guys. Like there's, there's a little bit, you're, you know, the world doesn't operate in black and white all the time. Usually we're operating in the gray and the government's like, look, we'll let you live in the gray. But in certain situations like the steroid scandal in baseball, and I, you're right, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I'm a huge sports guy. And, and I remember when all that stuff was going on and how disappointed I was, especially in like Sammy Sosa and then the cork bat and all that, like. I was a huge, I was a huge Sammy Sosa guy. I'm not even a Cubs fan, but I was a Sosa guy. Um, and it, and if the government thinks that maybe the NFL has gone fully into the black, you know, then this is what happens is they've got to intervene and they've got to come up and, and hopefully bring some things to light. And honestly, this wouldn't be the first time Roger Goodell and the national football league got caught uh, with, you know, with their hand in the cookie jar, their pants down, whatever you want to call it, just caught not being completely truthful. And it just kind of goes to a larger point, which we can't get into on this single episode, but that, you know, the, that's, this is what happens when, when organizations with this much influence get to self-govern, like people look at Roger Goodell as the guy who's supposed to keep the owners in line and keep the franchise and the players. He's supposed to be kind of the mediator between both sides, but you know, as well as I do, Chris, he's hired and paid by the owners. Like let's not, not, you know, split hairs. Roger Goodell works for the, the owners of the national football league. That's, that's what he's doing here. So this is the guy who also runs and oversees the investigations into the owners and their behavior and, and organizational behavior at the same time. It's literally a self-governing body. Uh, so, you know, to have this kind of stuff happen from time to time is, is just kind of a self-created uh, self, uh, problem. But at the same time, for the owners to, I don't know, kind of give control over to like a third party, they're never going to want to do that either. So the, the key is you got to find a balance here and find a leader of the National Football League in Roger Goodell's position who is not only going to quote unquote protect the owners to a certain extent, like I said, in that gray area, but also do what's best for the league because owners got to understand, look, man, you might have to take this one on the chin, but it's best for everybody involved if you do type of thing, instead of trying to make what's best for the each individual owner. And then these kinds of things happen because now the NFL is going to have no control. The owners are going to have no control. Roger Goodell is going to have no control and whatever the government wants to bring to light, 
is going to come to light. So this thing is going to get a lot crazier before it gets a lot slower. Yeah. I mean, I would be very nervous if I was Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder and of course the Washington football team organization and yeah. John and, and others, uh, you know, quite honestly, and Roger Goodell, uh, and like you see, you know, Jeff Pash and all these guys, mm-hmm. uh, very, very, very concerned if I was them and very nervous about what this could potentially uh, lead to. David, we'll have more developments, obviously, next week as this story continues to evolve. Right. Uh, it does. But we also had another big story that's really kind of uh, taken front and center this week, and that is Landon Collins' move mm. to more of a permanent linebacker situation. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, look, he's not a safety. Oh, um, yeah. We no, he's not good in coverage. I pointed out to you, and I know we've talked about, it, you know, he's not going to be great as a linebacker either because, A, you have to tackle, and, B, you still have to cover, whether it's in the flats, whether it's short underneath routes, yeah. whether it's, you know, tight ends, up the seam, what have you. It's not like all of a sudden you're going to snap your fingers and go, uh, poof, like everything's fixed. He right. might be better in this role, down and attacking the line of scrimmage. Absolutely, I agree. What took them so long to get here, I, I don't know, except for Landon's stubbornness mm-hmm. and Landon's resistance over the offseason and so far now, because today he admitted once again, he does not want to be a linebacker. Yeah. Can I be honest here? I think this and the Dustin Hopkins thing, this is what Ron Rivera, and this is my interpretation, so I want to make that clear to all of our listeners. This is my interpretation. When Ron Rivera said earlier in the week that maybe I have to adjust my approach I think everybody kind of took a step back. I don't know. Like it was kind of one of those, like made like when I grew up, it was don't make me tell your father when he gets home. That was just how my household worked. It was kind of like one of those moments where you're almost like a child and you're like, Oh man, like what's going to happen here? Because Ron Rivera is not really looked at as a disciplinarian. He's kind of a straight, straightforward, kind of a stern mentality, but not really like that toe the line, uh, you know, Greg Schiano, Bill Parcells type of guy. And I kind of wondered, like, what does that really mean? Because you can't say something like that and then not have something come of it. Um, you kind of have to follow through with that action. And I think what it means, and this is this is kind of the second move that kind of makes me believe me a little bit more, which, you know, I'm always going to agree with me. But I think what he's doing is taking a little bit from the coaches. I think what he's doing, it like, you know, maybe maybe the special teams guys, whether it was the coordinator, the, the kicking, you know, coordinator, whatever, Somebody was like, no, coach, like, give us time. Give us time. We got it. We got it. The process, the process that we heard over and over again, we got it with Dustin. Don't worry about it. And he kind of got fed up with it and said, you know what? No, you don't got it because the results are speaking for themselves, guys. So we're going to make a move now, and you are going to coach the players I tell you to coach. And now you look at the defensive side. Landon Collins continuously playing safety. Everybody's wondering. And look, Ron is defending his guys. He's not going to come publicly. I had a conversation with a Washington football team fan Uh, during the week on this on Twitter, you know, he's not going to just come out and say, yeah, Landon Collins blew that coverage and blew that tackle and blew all this and everything else, because there are so many different layers that you can kind of avoid those topics. But this right here to me is, is kind of an indicator that behind the scenes, Ron Rivera might've been looking at Jack and saying, Hey, look, coach Landon ain't cutting, cutting the mustard. And and Jack Del was like, yeah, we got it, coach. We got it, coach. Let me, let, let me handle, let me handle, let me handle it. And maybe Ron now is saying, Hey dude, You've had the opportunity to handle it for six plus weeks because we've been in training camp and preseason. It's not being handled. So here's the thing. I'm going to direct you now. You're going to play Landon in the box and only in the box. Make your defense work that way. And I think we're seeing a little bit of a shift in that Ron Rivera is not so much taking over, right, departments, but he is he's being the head coach, being the executor of this team and saying, listen, you can do it your way. You can have autonomy to run your unit. 
but you're going to run it within the framework that I give you. And if that's what's happening, I'm very excited about it because it shows that Ron Rivera is really on the same page as all of us out here. He's just not going to tell, like, he's never going to look at Chris Russell and say, yeah, Chris, you're right, man. We're sucking on defense. That is terrible. <laughs> like, he's never going to do that. But behind the scenes, those conversations look to be happening. And this is two steps that, you know, are, are kind of in that direction. Uh, I think Ron has run out of patience. Yeah. I'll, I'll end it like that. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know what? We haven't run out of Chris. We haven't run out of opportunities to make some money. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I had to reload my betonline.ag account because I ran into a little bit of, of bad luck. For the season, I'm still hovering around 70% on my picks, but I kind of went bold on a couple of parlay plays. They did not work out. I believed in myself a little bit more than maybe I should have, but it's okay because, again, I'm a smart better. Hopefully, you guys out there betting are also smart betters. You're not betting with money. You can't afford to lose because football is here. It's gonna we're, we're a third of the way through. We've still got another two-thirds, and then the postseason – Basketball is back. Baseball is in the playoffs. Hockey is back. Bet online remains your number one spot for all your basketball, football, hockey, whatever sport you want this season. Head to the new website, updated desktop or mobile site. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use a promo code locked on. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, postseason, hockey, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you, makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us as we walk off this episode as we get set for the Washington football team and the Green Bay Packers. David, why don't we queue up the voicemail line and get some of our fans uh, involved in the show. What up, fellas? Cami on here. Uh, uh, you know, I completely understand how LP's feeling. By the way, LP, happy anniversary. I hope you and your wife have a great vacay. But I understand. I know my wife was talking to me about just don't watch the game. Don't skip the game. You know, let's go do some cup. Uh, I'm just like it's 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 sad. Just not only the product on the field, but the organization as a whole. You know, I understand it's been. I've been a fan for years on years on years, and yes, you know we go through this. But at some point, man, you get tired of it. And then I honestly, honestly thought when Ron came in, okay. At least on that end and all the moves he was making on that end, the front office, stuff like that. Hey, at least that's going to be cool. But then they're just 
even on that side, dropping the ball here and there, and then the product on the field is just it's, it's like demoralizing me. Deflating. It's like, man, how much more are y'all going to ditch to the fan? Come on, I I just don't know. So I. I I don't know. I might listen to my wife and not watch the game. And God willing, if they get a win, watch the replay to cheer up. But right now, just like, oh, uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, yeah. Y'all have a good one. Hey, what's up, fellas? This is Hog Skins. Haven't left a message in a while, but, you know, had to get on here today. Man, I don't know, man. This offense, man. Woo, man. I don't know. This offense definitely need to get better, man. I think, I think the offense. I think we we get a franchise quarterback and a new offensive coordinator because I really don't like Scott Turner. So I say new, better offensive coordinator and franchise quarterback. I think, I think this this offense could be elite. I mean, you know, that's my opinion. So, and uh, you know, like D Money said with uh, uh, Heineke, they need to design some some run plays for this guy. I mean, I thought that before he even mentioned that. And I think that was Monday's podcast when he mentioned about, you know, giving him some, you know, some design runs. Cause I mean, there's a lot of times when that guy, he dropped back and there's nobody open, but yet he still tries to, you know, fit the ball in there. It's either incomplete or interception when he can use his legs. I mean, he's, you know, he's a fast quarterback, man. Just, run, <laughs> pick up a few yards, slide, get out of bounds or whatever, you know. I'm assuming he's afraid to get hit, but he, he definitely needs some design, um, you know, plays for him, you know, to, you know, to keep the chains moving. And, you know, on to the defense, dude. Oh, I mean, these guys cannot get off the field on third down. I heard after the game that the Chiefs had, I think, eight third downs in a row that they turned in to first downs. Eight. I mean, come on, man. That's a lot. A lot of third down conversions to turn into first downs. Eight. I just can't believe that, man. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going on with this defense. All I know is they need to get off the field on third down. You know, that that's definitely killing, killing it. So I don't know, man. You know, let me, you know, let me know what you guys think, man. You know, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Take care. All right, thank you, Hogskins, and as well, thank you, Camion, for your contributions. Uh, David, I'll take like what Hogskins said, um, you know, and just kind of spin it like this. Of course, they are terrible on third down. They got a little bit better against New Orleans, uh, maybe significantly better, but gave up big plays against Kansas City. They didn't give up as many big, big plays, but they gave up a lot of nickel and dime, maybe, you know, quarter type stuff, if you will, uh, in terms of a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit there. And and again, that execution in the fourth quarter on third down was absolutely awful. They were out of gas. They were uh, unable to get off the field at halftime of the Chiefs game. Washington or Kansas City was only, I think, one of four in, on third down in the first half. Now, that was with three turnovers, one of four. I think in the second half, I believe the number was nine of 11. So, you know, I, I mean, that tells you a whole lot right there. Yeah, on the year, the Washington football team is allowing almost 60% of third down plays to be converted against them. That is 
terrible. Like you, you want to be around the 30 to 40 range. And that's like, you, yeah. you know, 45 and you're getting in, 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 you're getting into high areas. This team is sitting over. I think it's, I think it's a little high. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to yeah. jump in. I think it's uh, allowable to be a little bit higher now than maybe yeah. once, you know, you to look at now we once used to look at like 35 36 percent as being you know like what you would ideally like to keep you know like one third right. now i think it's probably more acceptable to be you know 40 41 42 percent just because the league is so explosive and so offensive okay. friendly and so you know anti-defense but david you cannot be i mean you just i mean you cannot be anywhere close to being over 50 percent right. and smashes it just been so many games this year the charger game obviously the kansas city game yeah yes against high-powered offenses where they simply cannot get off the field and and obviously it's got to improve yeah absolutely the dolphins and the and watch football team the only two teams in the nfl over 50 percent. so you cannot let that be uh, an acceptable measure and as far as not watching the games camion and you're not the only fan out there and and i want to echo happy anniversary to lp and his wife if if lp if you don't decide to watch the game we totally get it but listen, here's what I'll tell you guys. In April or May or June, especially like June, you're going to miss football. You know what I mean? And LP, I remember, you know, going back to one of your voicemails, you mentioned you wait seven months to, to watch football. Even if it's bad, guys, it's part of who you are. It's part of your your per, of, of your personality. I know it sucks to watch bad football. Believe me, I get it. But I would I would tell you. That if you can not let it ruin your day or your weekend, not let you you know lose sleep over it, uh, at least you know I, I would recommend you watch it still because fandom is part of who you are. That's why you listen to these shows. That's why you go through all the stuff you go through with these teams. So I would embrace that a little bit, you know, and, and that's what makes you real ones. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like that's like when you get to celebrate a Super Bowl, that makes it a little bit sweeter for those of you who stuck through these years. It's easy when Tom Brady comes to town and you're winning Super Bowls. That's a little bit easier. But for those of you who went through the Josh Freemans of the world and the Josh McCowns of the world and the you know, the Jeff Garcias, and I know that's Bucks fandom, but same thing here. You went through you know, the Alex Smith debacle, Dwayne Haskins, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick. When you get that Patrick Mahomes or whoever it is, you're going to appreciate it a little bit more. That's that's my two cents on it. You know what I mean? Um, but great calls as always. And you know, I'm glad Hawkins agrees with me because I also agree with me. But Chris, something that we've agreed on all season and even preseason that is that Dustin Hopkins wasn't it either. Like as much as Taylor Heineke may not be it, Dustin Hopkins wasn't either. What do you think finally got the Washington football team on the same page? Well, here's the thing. You miss a 42-yarder and the game completely goes south in a hurry, as we discussed. Uh, That's obviously going to stick out like a sore thumb, but I really think this is a year and a half of frustration with Dustin Hopkins not being able to get him to consistently hit enough between 40 and 49. It's one thing to miss from 50 and plus. It's one thing, you know, it's all that. But the extra points, I mean, all of that, the football evaluation, I think, uh, ultimately came down to he missed too many chippies for a team with no margin for error. But, David, I really believe this was a shot across the bow. I believe, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show, Ron's run out of patience. I think Ron ran out of patience with Landon Collins. I think Ron ran out of patience with Dustin Hopkins. And I think that's where we're at. Yeah, it's a warning shot. You know, a lot of people said, like, this isn't enough of a message. I think they're both intended to be warning shots. Dustin Hopkins off the field, that's a warning shot to the rest of the team. Landon Collins being moved to linebacker, that's a warning Mm -hmm. shot to the rest of the team. It says, look, either do your jobs or we're Mm -hmm. going to find other positions for you. And that position 
maybe completely off the field and then maybe in the McDonald's drive through where look, at least you can smile because you're going to get some good food because a lot of watch football team podcast is brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving community since 1965. And it hasn't always been the exact place that Dustin Hopkins want to get a good meal. But you know what? If he goes there after he gets released, he's he's going to get a tasty, affordable meal. And he can go reconnect with some of his friends and family who at least now for at least a short period of time, they can hang out with him on Sundays if they so choose. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they're going to have dependable, dependable Wi-Fi, endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, home team or away team, can come to recharge and you know you're going to feel familiar and comfortable in the environment. It's a place you can always look forward to stopping to or stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. When I was in high school, I worked at a restaurant right across the parking lot was a McDonald's. That's where my friends and I that worked the same shift, we would always meet up there. Sometimes we wouldn't even order any. We just have a couple of drinks or something. We would sit at a table or hang out outside and just kind of hang out and I don't want to say unwind, but kind of just enjoy our last few minutes of, of relaxation before we jumped into a crazy super successful restaurant environment. It was, it was a great blast, but a good time there hanging out at McDonald's waiting for the storm to come. So do like we did back then do like maybe Dustin Hopkins did put a smile on your face, head over to your local McDonald's refuel, reconnect. Did someone say locked on Washington football team watch party or listening party? Maybe you're listening to it on your way to the arches right now. Big thank you to you and big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, and guys, we want you to celebrate the freedom of choice as always with our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. We tell you about them all the time and they develop passionate fans. Why? Because their product is so good. Whether you're a Cherry Barcia fan, a Mint Brownie fan like David, whether you're a peanut butter uh, fan like myself, a German chocolate, whatever you like, you are going to love Bilt Bar. Why? Because Bilt Bar is not only great tasting, soft and easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate, but it's healthy for you. So instead of that fattening bowl of chocolate ice cream or whatever, uh, maybe a, a, you know, a shake or something like that, you can have a Bilt Bar after your workout for dessert as a meal replacement. Why? Because they're high in protein, low in calories, only four to five grams per sh- of sugar per bar and four to five grams of net carbs. Go ahead, get yourself some Built Bars today. Whatever flavor you want, they're going to be able to work with you. Just go to Built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order with the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Wrapping up this end-of-week episode of Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast, our final look at this weekend's matchup between Washington Football Team and the Green Bay Packers. And, Chris, we haven't really even talked about the matchup between Washington and Green Bay because there's been so much other stuff going on with this franchise. Never a slow news day. But let's get to some things that are going to impact the game on the field. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the injury report on Thursday. Not practicing. Sam Cosme, Curtis Samuel, Brandon Scherf, and Cam Sims. Limited in practice. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Ricky Seals-Jones, Deami Brown, William Jackson, the third and full participants, Charles Leno, Jr. Jonathan Allen. So fully participated, but they're still on the injury report. Pretty much all important name. Like Cam Sims is probably the least important name on that list. And he's arguably your third, you know, maybe fourth best wide receiver uh, healthy on the roster right now. What do you make of this laundry list of basically starters on the injury report for Thursday. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not good. I mean, I think most of the limited guys, of course, will play. Now, we don't know about William Jackson III. That was an interesting addition. Um, You know, I I mean, I don't know how many people should have been expecting Cosme and Brandon Sheriff to practice this week. 
Uh, looks like Curtis Samuel. I mean, they might as well just shut him down. They, they should have already put him back on our again. Uh, quite honestly, I have no idea what they do when it comes to the roster and stuff. Uh, the Panthers screwed up the Christian McCaffrey thing. Washington is probably screwing up uh, this. Now they're carrying all these guys and they're not on IR and therefore not opening up roster spots. So uh, we can argue that until the cows come home. Uh, the bottom line is, is they're going to be shorthanded. Every team is shorthanded at this time of the year. I don't think these are killer, killer, killer. Oh, my gosh, they can't overcome them as long as Terry McLaurin can stay during the game and be a better, fa- bigger factor than he has the last two weeks. As long as Antonio Gibson can stay in the game and be a, and not get banged up like he did last week against the Chiefs and, oh, by the way, not fumble, I uh, think he'll be able to overcome them. Yeah, absolutely agree with you there, and that's going to move us into our keys of the game, players of the game, and some predictions here. Chris, I'll kick it over back over to you here for your first or your key to the game to Washington, hopefully potentially pulling off an upset in Lambeau Field this weekend. It's got to be relentless pressure on Aaron Rodgers to force turnovers, and and then you got to capitalize on them. Listen, if you sit back in zones, you're going to get picked apart. If you're in man, you're probably going to get beat, but maybe you don't get picked apart. I would be much more blitz oriented. I would be much more man oriented. I would be much more aggressive and try and throw the kitchen sink, stunts, twists, all sorts of different things. Force those turnovers, try and get Aaron Rodgers out of a rhythm, but then you have to capitalize on them. Uh, There's been too many turnovers, especially in the first halves of games over the last two weeks. David, that they have not simply capitalized on them, just too many blown opportunities. Absolutely. Mikey, the game tackle. Just 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 tackle the ball carrier. I mean, the Green Bay Packers are willing to take the short game. Uh, if you go back to the Bears game just last weekend, the Chicago Bears actually had an opportunity. It reminded me a lot of the Chiefs game that we just saw from Washington where the defense did enough early on in the game that the Chicago Bears offense could have taken advantage of some of those opportunities, taken advantage of some of the short fields that they got. They could have put some points on the board. They could have actually put their team in a very good situation, put the, put the pressure on the Packers, and they just didn't do it. And eventually the defense, like all defenses, eventually are going to cave to great players like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and what they have on the Green Bay Packers offense. But the way that the Green Bay Packers stayed in the game, breaking tackles, getting away from defenders. We saw that miserably against Kansas City Chiefs with his Washington defense. They've got to get better there again. Some of it's discipline, and the coach is going to take acceptance of that. I applaud him for taking ownership of the tackling problem because, honestly, that is not a coaching problem. That is a player problem, a heart and effort problem 100% of the way. These players are professionals. I'm not even going to get into the amount of salary they're playing, but they work their butts off to get to this level their entire lives, most of them. If they want to stay at this level and they don't want to join Dustin Hopkins in the McDonald's drive-thru, they need to tackle. And that's going to bring me to my player of the game for this one, Chris. It's William Jackson the third. And I'm not even necessarily predicting he's going to have a great game or a ball out. What I'm saying, though, is that the Green Bay Packers will be looking for William Jackson III mm-hmm. on that field because he's susceptible to getting beat. He's susceptible to having tackles broken, and he's susceptible to getting flagged. He is showing the Green Bay Packers offense that they're watching film of William Jackson the third recently that he is going to do all three things that an opposing offense wants the defender to do. He's either going to blow the assignment, miss the tackle, or, or commit a foul. I'm targeting William Jackson third all day if I'm Aaron Rodgers, especially when Devontae Adams is on him. So William Jackson the third has to be the focal player for this Washington football team this weekend. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. And for the reasons that you specified, I'm going to go with Robert Tanyan of the Green Bay Packers, the tight end who had a big breakout year last year. It's been relatively quiet this year. I think he only has one touchdown uh, the last time they, uh, they they played the Lions in Monday Night Football. Uh, and, and I think what's going to happen is Washington is going to pay so much attention to Aaron Jones and so much attention to Demonte Adams that Tanyan and or Randall Cobb or somebody like that uh, MVS, somebody like that, I'll go with Tanyan, is going to really hurt them because of so much focus on Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And David, for uh, the bold predictions that we have, I'm going to go and, and and kind of the reasons you, you mentioned, William Jackson III is a mess right now. Uh, we mentioned he's added to the injury report, so we don't even know if he's going to play. So I'm going to say he either doesn't play or he gets benched. Yeah, and of course, a lot of this is, you know, depending on people actually playing on the field. If William Jackson's yes. on the field, the Packers can't target him. Well, they can, but he'll be on the sideline if he's even in Green Bay. And if they want to try to throw the ball all the way back to the D.C. area, then uh, by all means, go ahead. You know, I think the, the Washington defense would gladly allow that to happen. My ball prediction is going to be that Landon Collins plays a season-low snaps. Right now, the season-low snaps is 58%. That came in week three against the Buffalo Bills, just moved a linebacker. Like, I get it, they got some holes, and maybe that's kind of the way they justified it, or Landon Collins is justifying it in his own head. But make no mistake about this, this is a downgrade. This is a demotion of sorts. Cole Cole Holcomb, I almost said Cole Beasley, which is weird. But Cole Holcomb, I don't imagine that they're moving Landon Collins now to take Cole Holcomb off the field. I would be incredibly disappointed if that's what they're doing. Cole Holcomb, one of the rare uh, bright spots from time to time on this Washington defense. Not that he's without blame himself. Uh... Jamin Davis, first-round draft pick. Again, if, if you now put Jamin Davis behind the pecking order, behind Landon Collins, you're just gonna, you're just asking for criticism in, in that one to spend a 19th overall pick on a guy who's now your third linebacker on the field behind these two guys. So Landon Collins, I expect to see a lot of sub-package. I expect to see a lot of formations. We're probably only getting one linebacker on the field. And because of that and because of this you know, quasi-demotion, uh, pseudo-demotion, whatever you want to call it, playing a season-low snaps uh, this Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. And then as of right now, Chris, over at betonline.ag, as we're recording Thursday night, the Green Bay Packers favored by seven and a half. So just over a touchdown. I'm going Green Bay in this one. I think, you know, again, people can get mad all they want, but I think you have to be honest here. And what we've seen from the Watch Football team, you can't expect them to go into Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, all that, and come out with a victory right now. If they show some new stuff, I'll happily eat crow on this very show on Monday morning for all of our listeners to check out. 31-21, I think Green Bay Packers, they they cover the spread. They come, they leave, they send Washington, rather, back to the DMV with a 10-point loss. And real quick, I don't know if LP out in Jersey is a Devils fan, Chris, or even a hockey fan, but if he is, Washington Capitals are putting a nice little butt whooping on the New Jersey Devils through one, nice. one period uh, as we enter intermission. So that kind of gives you guys an idea on when we're recording this. But, yeah, seven-and-a-half-point favorites the Green Bay Packers are right now. I've got them winning 31-21. Uh, going away with the 10-point victory. All right, and I've got the Green Bay Packers winning 31-17, so uh, about the same amount of well, the same amount of points allowed, uh, but slightly different number in terms of points scored. Remember, Taylor Heineke grew up a Packers fan, yeah, uh, and uh, very much looking forward to playing yeah. on the field. That could either be a really good thing or. Yeah. It could be a really ugly thing, him trying to do too much, but that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Camion and Hodgskins for the voicemails. We appreciate you as always. If you want to uh, leave us a voicemail, please do so. 301-615-3577. Get them in right after the game on Sunday so that we can incorporate them as early as possible. 301-615-3577 or Pod 
at gmail.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. Uh, Of course, we'll be back with our immediate analysis right after the Washington football team and the Green Bay Packers on Sunday at 1 Eastern time is the kickoff from Lambeau Field. Now make your second listen of the day, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, giving you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks for being with us, Washington football team fans. Again, we're free and available on all platforms for David Harrison uh, on the WFT beat for SI.com's foundation. I'm Chris Russell co-host of the Russell Medhurst show on the flagship station for the Washington football team, the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7. We'll be back again right after the game, Washington and Green Bay on Sunday evening with immediate analysis right here on the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.